0: so many things and yet you guys are making a difference and uh, thank you for saying yes to the heart of god that's what matters most hey before we dive into the message which is related to orphan care weekend um, i want to introduce someone to you and give him a couple minutes because this thursday night I'm gonna be going to Celebrate Recovery. I'm looking forward to that. And Celebrate Recovery is a ministry that has to do with helping people in their journey overcome addictions and issues and challenges. And so Chad Stone has been leading this ministry for several years now. What a great, kind of a rock star name, Chad Stone. I mean, welcome, Chad Stone!
1: You know what? Pastor Daria, I was talking with one of your other pastors here after the last service, and I don't want to mention Pastor Brent's name, but he said maybe he's got name envy, and I just want to let you know we have recovery for that. So Yeah,
0: <laughs> good. Yeah, Brent Cunningham. It doesn't do
1: it, Brent. Sorry. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, thank you, first off, um, just for the support that Timberline has given us over the last two years. It's, it's been amazing. And this last year, we've really, really been on a remarkable, uh, a remarkable journey. And uh, as we've gone through this series and Mark, it, it's just hit me so many times how what we're doing, um, what we're doing, goes hand-in-hand hand with that. Again and again, um, we see how Jesus performs these, these miracles in ways that we're thinking, why did he do that? Why did he make the mud and, and put it in the guy's eyes? What's, what's going on here? And One of the things I love about Jesus is that he approaches us in a way that helps us draw closer to him. When we're struggling with belief, he comes to us and does things in a way that helps us believe. And when Jesus was asked, what is what's the work that God requires of man? He said it's to believe in the one that he sent. So belief is so important when we have broken beliefs, we'll we'll have broken behaviors. Mm -hmm. Life won't work right. And when we replace those broken beliefs when we open up ourselves to to God, his healing power, when we start to trust him, Boy, we, I've gotten to see lives transformed, and it's it's a miracle. It is a miracle. And so today, I would just I'd like to invite three three groups of people. Just if you're feeling stuck in life, I, I'd invite you. Please come check us out on Thursdays. Uh, if you're feeling alone, you know God God doesn't want us to be stuck in that place. You know, please come and find community. Um, and and the last group, if you really
0: like chili, because that's what we're serving this next <laughs> Thursday. So. We're having a chili cook-off Thursday night, 5.30. They meet every Thursday night, but the first Thursday of each month, they do a food thing. And so let's say thank you to Chad, and hopefully we'll see you Thursday night. Thanks. Yes, Chad. We're going to have a good time, so I hope you'll be there. It's really a lot of fun. Hey, take your bulletin. Turn it over. Write some things down. Let's, uh, let's continue this discussion about orphan care. What does it look like in Scripture? What does it mean to be a servant? Today we're talking about servanthood, walk beside. What does it mean to walk beside people who have a need? I don't know about you, but I, I'm pretty well convinced that probably everyone in these auditoriums, when you see these pictures of kids and orphans, you're touched. You're moved. I, I, don't, I just can't imagine anyone is saying, no, we shouldn't do anything. The question becomes how? How? How how can we do something? The the problem is so big, the issue is so big. So I hope that we can look at some things in our attitudes today that will will help us do this. The first thing I want you to jot down if you're taking notes today is this. Do I understand the things God is up to? Do I understand what God is really up to? Sometimes I understand what I want God to be up to. (laughs) Anybody relate to that one? It's like, God, this is what you should be doing. Here's your list. But do I know what he's doing? And can I get in line to help accomplish the God mission? In Mark chapter 10, Jesus is about to tell them what's going to happen. Verse 32, they were now on their way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with awe, and the people were following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. Now, see if this is clear to you. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. They will hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him. They will spit on him. They will flog him with a whip, and they will kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. How many of you think that's clear? Okay, it's pretty clear. He says it like it is, but they did not understand. Now, it's true that Jesus often spoke in metaphors. He told a lot of stories. And so the filter of their mind is constantly, what does he mean by that? Does he really mean that they're really going to whip him? Or is this some kind of a metaphor for something else? Why did he say it like that? So sometimes when Jesus is trying to explain his mission and his world, it goes right over our head. Because we're not focused on what he's really saying. And that's what happens to us if we're not careful. What does it mean? Here's the question. What does it mean for you and I to walk in the understanding of the, willing, the, the, the will of God for our lives? Because if I can get that right, then a lot of good things will fall into place. Number two in your outline, every request has a consequence. Every request has a consequence. Now, This is really shocking, what I'm about to read to you. It almost seems funny, though it's really sad because it's so selfish. James and John, on the heels of Jesus saying, I'm about to die, have this request. Let's look at it, verse 35. Then James and John, sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, teacher," they said, we want you to do us a favor. You know, like before you're whipped and flogged and all that. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and one on your left. (laughs) I would have been Jesus. I would have just gone. (laughs) But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering that I must be baptized with? Suddenly, it's not about the glory of sitting next to the guy. It's about the willingness to go through the suffering in order to do the mission of God. Will I be willing to face suffering by doing the mission of God? Because the mission of God is not always easy. Some of the stats about orphans, 153 million orphans worldwide. When I read stuff like that, I just step back and go, okay, I'm overwhelmed. My brain just checks out right there. I don't know what to do. So I, let's narrow it. Colorado, I can deal with Colorado. 4,600 youth and children are in foster care in Colorado. 277 of them are available and waiting for an adoptive family. When I look at the statistics, there are so many things that happen with kids that are not adopted. And that's why we as a church have stepped up to say, we care about this issue. That's why we've invited city agencies from Northern Colorado to be with us this weekend. Go meet these people, talk to them, show interest in this stuff. It matters what they do. That's why we're building partners. I wanna just say a couple of things that we're doing, and I please don't think this is bragging because God hates arrogance or pride, this isn't it. I'm wanting you to know that we can make a difference. Things like, with your support the last couple years, we've launched 12 support groups for foster and adoptive families. We've launched Northern Colorado Safe Families for Children, providing safe Christian families alternative to foster care. We've launched Northern Colorado Finally Home events, serving 66 adoptive families. We've launched Northern Colorado Alliance for Orphans, unifying the efforts, I'm so proud of this one, in the right sense, of 17 churches in our area and 20 different agencies to come together. You know why? We're better together than we are separate. And let's be unified in this. Let's walk. You guys have stepped up and you have provided sponsorships for over 200 kids from Guatemala and Haiti. Some of you have pictures on your refrigerator like Bonnie and I do right now, and you pray for those kids, and you send a check every month because you care. Because it matters. These things matter to God. I love that about who you are. We've sent over 70 people on orphan ministry trips since 2010. We've donated 200 blankets to Larimer County Orphanages through the ministry of Blessed Blankets. We've given hundreds of dresses to little girls through a ministry that provides that for them. 700 backpacks you guys have purchased and filled up and brought back to this place for Larimer and Weld County. When I, There's a kid that's gonna go to school tomorrow that some of you bought a backpack and filled it up for. They would not have that without you. It's significant. So why am I saying this? I'm saying it because what we're doing matters. It's the mission of God to look after the things of God in this way. Is it easy? No. Number three in your outline, I don't know what I don't know. When I was building this outline, when I first wrote that down, I thought, that's kind of stupid. (laughs) But I want you to say that with me. Just say it out. I don't know what I don't know. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does because Ignorance sometimes is double. If I don't know, let me give you, let me just read this passage because this is horrible what I'm about to read. I hate it. After Jesus, you know, asks them if they are able to handle suffering and challenges, they say in verse 39, oh yes, they replied, we're able. It's like, it's like, I can just, I just feel like Jesus wants to say, really, That's all the forethought you need? I mean, we can just flippantly say, yeah, bring it on? I remember my cousins one time, there was a bowl of hot chilies that they got out of Mexico somewhere, like super hot, these chili peppers, and they said, we dare you, we, we don't believe you could eat all of those in that bowl. And I said, oh, I can do it. How stupid was I? See? I didn't even think about the consequence. I just said I can do it. Well, I took one bite, and that was the end of me. I've never eaten a chili pepper since either. (laughs) It's easy to flippantly say we will. It's tough to actually do it. And we're talking about walking beside young people. We have stories on our team, our pastoral team, our staff here at Timberline, people who have fostered kids, adopted kids. Let me tell you, the highs are really high, and the lows are really low. There's suffering involved in doing the will of God sometimes. Next weekend we're, looking, we're going to be spending a moment of prayer for the persecuted church in the world. We live in this land of the free where we can publicly worship God. There are people who die because they say they profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It matters that we care about doing the mission of God. We're talking about walking beside and sometimes that involves suffering. And that's the fourth point. Let's look at it. Am I willing to suffer... For kingdom's sake. Now, uh, please notice, I'm not talking about suffering because of your stupid decision. We've all done that, right? You make a bad decision, you suffer. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about suffering that happens because I am doing the mission of God. Sacrifices that I make because this picture is bigger than mine, and it costs me something. Look at verse, the next verse, the end of 39. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. He's talking to James and John. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. There are many types of suffering in the kingdom of God. It's not all physical. It can be the emotional anguish of the challenges that you are facing. And as we walk beside orphans, and little ones, as we contemplate fostering kids, adopting kids, giving, praying, different places in the world, as we launch some of these new ministries, we're taking on a godly task. We're taking on stuff that God smiles about, and that's why he will bless it, is because it's his stuff, it's not just our stuff. That's why we really do it. I want you to watch a video. Jeff and Kay Lucas, you may not know this about them. Watch carefully.
2: We were pastoring a church in England, and a member of our church, Mrs. Robinson, had been ill for several years with cancer. In fact, the last two years of her life, she spent in bed. And she wasn't worried about going home to be with Jesus. She was very excited about that. But she was worried about her two young teenage girls. Their names were Hazel and Denise.
3: Yeah, she was a single parent, and uh, I used to go visit her and try and assure her and comfort her. I'd say, Mrs. Robinson, the Lord will take care of of your children. Uh, But one day I came out from her house and this doesn't happen to me a lot, but God really did speak to me and God said, how am I gonna take care of it? And I thought, well, you know, you're God, that's that's your problem. So I then (laughs) prayed a ridiculous prayer and we're not recommending this as a form of guidance but I prayed one of those, if this happens, then it means this kind of prayers. So I said, Lord, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna walk into the house and I'm gonna say to Kay, let's foster Hazel and Denise. And she will say something like, sounds like a great idea to me. And if she does that, which is highly unlikely, then I'll take that as a sign that we should We should pursue this. So I I came home and, and you were...
2: That's right, you came home, walked in the door. I was ironing clothes. Right. And you said to me...
3: I think we should adopt or foster Hazel and Denise.
2: And I said, I think that's a great idea.
3: Which was close enough. And so we didn't just do it, but that began a process, didn't it?
2: It did. We really felt like God was speaking to us and so we spoke to some friends who were foster parents and they gave us some great um, counsel and um, ideas and advice and so we really pursued that
3: and we submitted this whole thing to a social worker as well and obviously social services anyway some months later uh we got a phone call we were on vacation mrs robinson had called the girls into her room she uh she knew she was going home she sat up she punched the pillow and uh, got herself comfortable and she said, girls, uh, I'm gonna go be with Jesus now and you're gonna go and be with Jeff and Kay. And then she laughed and died. And we got a phone call and our family overnight grew.
2: That's right, we were a family of three. We just had our daughter, Kelly, she was nine months old. And Then overnight we became a family of five with a nine month old baby and two young teenagers who were 13 and 14.
3: As life has continued, uh, they were with us for a number of years. Three
2: years they were with us.
3: And we've stayed in touch. In fact, I remember being in the wedding car for our daughter Kelly's wedding. And as we pulled up to the church, uh, I remember Kelly saying, Dad, today I get to see uh, Hazel. Hazel was there at her wedding. So all those years ago, God really got a hold of our hearts and, and asked us to do this. And we're really glad we did.
2: Yes, definitely.
3: Wow,
0: you know when I hear stories like that, I automatically think, okay God, is that what you want me to do? You know, and it's like this guilt thing, if I don't do that I'm not obeying God and I wanna just get that off of you. That's not it, that's not it. Now God may plant some seeds in some of you that you should ask some questions and probe and say, what is it I should be doing? But this isn't about guilting anybody into doing something, it would be the worst mistake of your life to do something God is not asking you to do, right? We're not all called to do that. But we are all called to do what God puts in our heart to do, to do the mission of God as it relates to orphans. And that's the message of today. Number five in your outline is this. How do we respond to each other? How can I support you? How can we support these families who have said, God's sending us to Guatemala. God's sending us to Haiti. As a church, as a family, what can we do? Look in this text. This is funny what happens because the disciples hear what James and John had asked of the Lord, and they're pretty ticked about it. Verse 41, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together. He's going to set, set it straight. You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. The officials and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. They're talking about Rome. They're talking about hard slave drivers. But among you, it will be different. I think Jesus looks him in the eye right here, firmly. It stops now. That's not the norm with us. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. That's the same word as slave. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Wow. What is at the core of servanthood? I love James one twenty seven. Pastor Mark said it earlier. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. The last thing is the key to serving Christ. This is sort of the heart of Mark. This is the theme, key verse, as scholars say, to the book of Mark. It's a good one to put to memory, Mark ten forty-five, And it says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are today. Thank you for the love and the care and the blessing that you've put in our lives. Thank you, God, for moments like this where we can be truly challenged to take serious the mission of God, especially as it relates to orphans today. We do care because we are your kids. You've adopted us. We're called the sons and daughters of God. Help us to show that care and that heart by engaging we love you Lord with heads bowed I just I just really want to ask this question and again don't respond out of guilt I want you to respond out of a seed that's being planted in you because all I want to do is pray for you we're not trying to identify you to hold you to something we need to pray for you some of you are having a seed planted that says you need to look into this You need to go buy a few tables, you need to ask some questions, you need to get online. What does it really look like to foster somebody? For a week, for a month, for a year? What does it mean to adopt somebody? What would that look like in my home, my family? What would that, it's, it's, that's all I'm asking. If God is prompting that seed in you, if he's planting something that, that you just say, I'm going to do a little question asking over these next few months then I want to pray for you right now because you need the wisdom and guidance of God in this. If that seed's being planted in you, would you just lift your hand and let us pray for you? Just hold it up, all right, right now. God bless you. That's powerful. Church, let's pray for these. Lord, thank you for the seed you plant. It's real, it's powerful, it's life-changing. And I know what it's like when you plant seeds in me, and sometimes it's years before it happens, but there's a reason why you're specifically taking these people on this journey. Lord, all of us have seeds today planted of what we can do, where those lines are, and our own boundaries, our own finances, our own relationship issues. So give us your wisdom and your guidance. I thank you for that, Lord, and I thank you for a day like today where we can celebrate your kingdom on earth. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Those of you that don't know Christ today, I simply say, please take him seriously. Don't be afraid to say, Lord, forgive me of my sin and cleanse me because he wants to be your father. Ask him for forgiveness of your own sin.